If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome to day three of our week of conversations on anxiety. Today, we're talking about anxiety-induced panic. I know this one can feel super scary, especially when we don't understand what's happening to us. So that's what we're talking about today, what it is, where it comes from, and what exactly is happening to us. And we want to reiterate that you are not alone if you struggle with anxiety or panic for that matter. In fact, in 2020, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America estimated 6 million Americans struggle with anxiety-induced panic attacks. Right. So diving in, what does panic attack feel like? They can present as many things. They can be a racing heartbeat, an extreme wave of dizziness. Our minds may go blank. We may struggle to form sentences. We might have blurry vision. We might feel like we can't breathe or feel nauseous. We may have an upset stomach. We may have jelly legs or experience uncontrollable shaking. Or we may have hot or cold flashes. They can be any of those things, and they can be all of those things. Yeah, it's scary stuff, and also super frustrating stuff. Feeling like you have no control over your body, being entirely unsure whether you can trust yourself not to have an attack in a random, totally safe situation. It can be all-consuming. It can destroy your confidence. It can, without question, affect your quality of life across the board. Exactly, and that often makes it worse. Obsessing over the how, the when, the why of the next attack often leads to another attack. That fear feeds the cycle. Panic attacks keep happening because we anticipate them before they happen. We're afraid of them happening. We likely try to fight them off by trying to control the symptoms, trying to control our thoughts, trying to control our bodies. We respond to them in the same way every time they happen. I think maybe people continue to engage in that cycle of fear and fighting because they haven't accepted the fact that you really can't control it. You can't fight off a panic attack. You genuinely have no say in the matter. And that's a really strange thing to come to terms with when you're talking about your own body. Yes. And then once someone does accept that, once they realize the panic attacks happen regardless and sometimes because of our fight against them, they potentially start avoiding places or situations they believe will cause a panic attack, thereby giving the panic attack more power. At that point, the panic attacks are controlling your life. And that is very, very common when dealing with anxiety-induced panic. We want to avoid that at all costs. Coming to terms with the fact that you cannot control your panic attacks is definitely the first step. Understanding what's happening in our bodies on a chemical level can be a powerful bit of information. Let's take a minute to dive into that. So all those symptoms we've mentioned, the racing heartbeat, the shaking, the inability to form a sentence, the uncontrollable breath, those are a result of our bodies entering fight or flight. This is how we evolved. This is our body's mechanism of survival. The numbness is so we don't feel pain. The quick breath is to increase oxygen intake. The physical symptoms are preparing you to literally 
physically fight or to escape, which by the way, we often consider running out of the room when a panic attack is unfolding. That's our mind straight up telling us to flee. What's happening here is that our minds are telling our bodies that we are in real danger, even if it's perfectly safe. Our bodies are flooded with adrenaline and that's when the panic hits. One of my favorite somatic practitioners, Sarah Baldwin, explains that our autonomic state creates our present story. Ventral presence says, I'm safe, I'm okay, I can. Sympathetic mobility says, I need to do something or this won't be okay. And dorsal shutdown says, nothing is ever going to change, I can't make a difference. Our thoughts are a result of where we are in our nervous system. The more we listen to our thoughts the more they increase the activation of the state we're in. So instead of battling our thoughts, we want to notice them and turn toward regulation. The more we regulate, the more the activating thoughts go away and we build new neural pathways for thoughts based in ventral presence. So regulation during a panic attack looks like this. We notice what's taking place. We understand that it is the chemical response responsible for the very survival and success of our species. And that's pretty cool. So we recognize that. And then we turn toward the present moment. We acknowledge where we are is safe. We recognize the people we're with are safe. And we bring awareness to our breath. We breathe deeply and consistently. Exactly. And I know safety is a vague word here because you may very well feel that if you experience a panic attack during an important work meeting, you may get fired. An attack can also feel super embarrassing. Maybe you're concerned that the people you're with may no longer like you if you experience an attack in front of them. First of all, those are terrible friends. You don't want them in your life anyway. But the point is, in these cases, what we need to remember is anxiety-induced panic is literally about actual survival. It's about life or death. So unless you're in a life or death situation, the same methods of passing through a panic attack apply. The definition of safety here is that you're not in mortal danger. There's a lot of work that can be done outside of the actual moment a panic attack is happening, and it's the same stuff we've been mentioning all week. Cognitive behavioral therapy with a licensed practitioner is often necessary, sometimes prescribed. Medication too. Meditation, cultivating awareness, grounding, acupuncture, exercise, supplementation, and a diet low in sugar, alcohol, and caffeine can be incredibly helpful as well. All those things in combination are even better. We know treatment can often seem expensive or out of reach, but publicly funded programs are available in most places. If you're struggling financially, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration will help you find low-cost or no-cost treatment. You can call them at 1-800-622-HELP. That's 1-800-622-4357. So we want to know, has the fear of anxiety-induced panic stopped you from going somewhere or doing something you once enjoyed? We welcome you to comment or message us through the Good Risings Instagram page at Good Risings. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. You can find me at B. McMuffin. Thanks for listening to Grateful Grains. Be sure to check out the other Good Risings offerings available on our feed. We will see you again tomorrow for day four of our week on anxiety. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 